Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. The risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only... Here I am. And here I am. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, September 14th, today, 2019, at dnrstudios.com, which is the only place to hear this fucking podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. So subscribe. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever you do listen to this thing. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Donate to keep JB on the ass. By the way, thank you all so much for your generous donations. We now have enough to keep him here for at least another year. But keep donating because we want to keep him forever. Just go to adamsank.com. There's a link at the top of the page. Also, if you're listening live, we haven't taken a call in a long time, but we are live. So if you are a DNR uh, subscriber, you're listening live, give us a call. Chat with us at 844-825-5367. You guys, we're going to have a lot of men in the studio today. We already have four men and we're going to have five because our guest is hunkalicious singer-songwriter Justin Utley, who I have wanted to have sex with slash marry uh, ever since I met him about 10 years ago. And his career has uh, exploded just as my penis does when I think about him. <laughs> He's just released a brand new album. He will be here to promote it. I cannot wait. But first, I need to introduce today's Guest co-host. Yes, I said guest co-host because Ryan is in Chicago at a quote-unquote wedding. And by wedding, I mean Steamworks. Pig party? Uh, pig party, indeed. No, I mean, he may have gone to Steamworks, but he uh, he actually is at a real wedding with his uh, with close friend of his got married. So congratulations to them. But in his place, we have someone whose name may not be familiar to you. But if you are an ass listener, you have heard his voice Dozens of times. Uh, here's a hint. Say, say warning. Warning. The program you're about to hear. The program you're about to hear. It's Simon Mathis, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Our listeners. announcer. Hello. Simon is a friend of mine and of Ryan's from the New York City Gay Men's Chorus. Uh, he was good enough to uh, record the announcement for our opening. He's the, the stuffy British broadcaster who tells you <laughs> not to listen to this filth. And Simon, you're actually concerned... That, uh, that your family back in uh, cheery old England 
is going to hear this film. Oh my goodness, it's appalling. I mean, what would they say? I don't know. We're just going to have to keep it very secret. And fortunately, you don't advertise everywhere on Facebook and tag me in it. Constantly. You know, we'll just have to ride with it. So here we are. I mean, they know that you're a pig. (laughs) <laughs> right they well have clearly to. yes i mean that that's the, that's the that's the thing we talk about every time at christmas or know? did you move to america so that you could have your secret pig life without well their... I, I mean i moved to america for love yes I that's right simon america. has a husband he's american lovely man named paul yes paul simon so get that fixed in your head and you'll know us forever exactly get a little closer to the mic when you speak a little closer. simon tell us a little bit about yourself tell us where in england you grew up uh favorite hobbies preferred sexual position oh goodness all of that uh i was born and born and bred in london my family's all from london bred born and bred that's it uh and i moved to new york uh four and a half years ago my husband is american we met in paris all very romantic Uh, très romantique exactly we met on grinder but we actually went I believe it's pronounced Grinder. Well, of course. I mean, but we actually we we were both there for work and we just got chatting one night. We actually went out for dinner. We went on a date. We had no idea anything would happen from it. I think we were just both a bit lonely. And for some reason in the most unexpected way, 6 and a half years later I'm living in New York, happily married, very much in love and here we are, now sat on your podcast on a Saturday morning. So is it that the premise of our relationship is because you're lonely, you decide to seek out one another? No, I don't think so. I think we just both happened to be working in Paris for different companies, but we both were there on our own. And we were both on Grinder. We got chatting one night and went, I've got nothing to do tonight. Do you fancy going out for dinner? We went out for dinner with no expectation of there being a future, of just meeting someone who was nice and nice looking having some company, and then you can never predict where it's going to go in years to come. Listeners, isn't Simon's voice sexy? Couldn't (laughs) listen to it all day. I I hear he's uh, hung like a horse, too. Yes, and all I need to do is read the phone book. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) By the way, uh, thank you, Simon, for that. I've been meaning to uh, tell the listeners, I love it when you email me at adam at adamsank.com, and since we almost never get live calls anymore, you're all time-shifting, email me. And let me know if you want a shout-out on the show. I'd be happy to give you one. Okay, we are going to start, Simon, with something very controversial that just broke over the last 48 hours. Um, And it is this. Saturday Night Night Live announced its list of uh, new cast members for the upcoming 45th season, which premieres, I think, at the end of this month. And um, people were thrilled because they had finally hired their first uh, full Asian cast member, some of the cast members in the past had had like an Asian grandparent or something, but you know, he, uh, this guy was, uh, his name is Bowen Yang. He's an mm-hmm. SNL writer who now is promoted to performer. So we were celebrating that. And one of the other guys was a basic white bitch named Shane Gillis. Now, I didn't know Shane Gillis. He's been a Philadelphia comic. Uh, and he's only been doing comedy a few years. He was recently named one of the fresh faces at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. Uh, literally the day that Saturday Night Live announced that he had been uh, cast, um, podcasts that he had made with a friend of his were uh, were revealed. And they weren't podcasts from like 10 years ago. They were podcasts from less than a year ago. It's called Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast. And the reason they were exposed is because the discussion that they had was really offensive and racist um, not just to- toward Asian people, but Asian people in particular, but also 
gay people, women, uh, they sort of just offended everyone. And they don't seem to be joking. Uh, They seem to just be giving their opinions. I want to play two clips for you. And I, I guess this requires a trigger warning. There's some really ugly words and sentiments in this. So um, prepare yourself. Hit it, JB. It's crazy, dude. It is full fucking China, dude. It's yeah. fucking Chinese down there. I wonder how that started. They just built one fucked up looking building and people were like, well, all right, no one said anything. Let Let's... the fucking chinks live there, huh? <laughs> well, they built these fucking like huge Shanghai house. The first one must yeah. have infuriated everyone. They I'm, like, been, I'm pissed what now. The I go fuck? down there I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Get these ducks out of that window. I, you know what? Yeah, true. Also, I'm always like, how can there be so many fucking restaurants down here? All rest. Well, because you go in, there's like one person eating ever. That white idiot's like me or down there, True. sucking down neuters. I hate China. I hate the food at Chinatown. Sucks. I like Chinese it. food's a very dishonest cuisine. I don't even want to think about they it. They invented a fucking chemical to put in their. Oh, was that it? Yeah. So we missed the very top, but they were basically talking about Chinatown in Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> his friend Matt McCusker is, is actually the one that's talking more, but it was Shane who uses the c word and mocks the uh, stereotypical Chinese accent and so forth. And um, let me play the next clip, and then we'll talk about it. And the next one, they were bitching about the fact that Rolling Stone came out with a list of 10 comics, like up-and-coming comics that everyone should be looking out for, and not one of them was a white guy. And this infuriated them, and that led to a whole discussion about how women aren't funny and white women are particularly not funny, and gay guys are a little funnier than white women. It was this whole thing where they, they literally ranked comedy by race and gender. And then they, they got into this discussion about two comedians, uh, well, one comedian, Chris Gethard, and the uh, film producer, director, Judd Apatow. I don't even understand this, but take a listen. Fucking just sad white ISIS, like, eh, maybe yeah. I should get in this accident. It'd be good for me. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> for me, and, uh, drive a truck because I'm sad. And, uh... Dude, those guys are fucking gayer than ISIS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least ISIS is out there like, for me, we need to get the pussy. After we blow ourselves up, we get a bunch of pussy. <sighs> These white faggot comics. Oh, are, yeah. Like, they're like, like I'm just sad because life's hard. And, like, it turns out. And I'm gay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're gonna have. They're like they don't know if they want like girl virgins, dude. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Earth. Your new Saturday Night Live cast member. So, um, this was unearthed. Speaking of Earth, by a, a comedy blogger, and then Vulture, uh, Meg Wright at Vulture basically wrote up the definitive report on this whole thing, and um, by the end of the day, Shane had posted. I'm not going to call it an apology because it isn't one. He posted a statement on Twitter that reads, I'm a comedian who pushes boundaries. I sometimes miss. If you go through my 10 years of comedy, most of it's bad. You're going to find a lot of misses. I'm happy to apologize to anyone who's actually offended by anything I've said. My intention is never to hurt anyone, but I am trying to be the best comedian I can be. And sometimes that requires risks. No, Simon, your thoughts. Oh, sorry, JB, your thoughts. You're a cunt. A real, a real bigot, white, privileged, silver spoon cunt. Like, you have no idea what these people put themselves through for you to even make jokes or even comment about anything, anything. As a white man, you have no respect. He should be fired immediately. I, I usually don't call for cancellation, but he needs to be canceled. I agree. Simon? Yeah, I think the guy's absolutely trash. I mean, you, you've got sort of 
you, the entire sort of spectrum of everything that's unpleasant about white male America wrapped up in one person. And then not only that, what it's done is it's shown SNL is happy to push diversity when it suits them, but clearly the rot is within the company because they've not done their due diligence, they've not done any background checks, they haven't worked it out, and also they're unaware of what broader America is thinking or a liberal society. And a show that really tries to push that it's a very liberal show, to bring on a guy like this who thinks he's pushing boundaries and he's actually just trashing you know, anyone cunt. who trashing anyone who isn't him. Well, that's just it. And, and most of the comments on Twitter, which I encourage you to go to his Twitter and read all the comments attached to that non-apology, they're like, there's nothing edgy about, about making racist remarks about Asian people, calling them the C word and making fun of the way they talk. That goes back to the 1800s in this country. That's not pushing boundaries. That's as old as fucking slavery you know You're that's a racist as, bigot right and and, 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 the, and the humor is what in the uk we call some working man's club humor yes it's where you have a white man standing up in front of a room full of working class white men trashing everyone who isn't them and calling it humor and it's not humor it's not clever it's not intelligent it's just saying look how great we are and look how much trash everyone else is and no offense against philly but philly's very much that kind of town philadelphia is not a town known for its racial and ethnic sensitivities as opposed to New York City. Um, but even in Philadelphia, he had been banned from a comedy club. Comedy club co-owner Kate Banford told Vulture that her club called Good Good Comedy Theater stopped working with Gillis a few years ago because of racist, homophobic, and sexist things he had said on stage and off. So as Simon said, they didn't vet him, and it wouldn't have been hard to vet him. This podcast, again, is from a year ago. It's not like... You know, oh, if you go back over 10 years, which is what he said. It's not 10 years ago, dude. You just did this. And as Roxanne Gay said on Twitter, the real problem is they're not funny. You should apologize for calling yourself a comedian. And again, that idea... These aren't even jokes. That, that idea that, oh, well, if you're offended, I'll apologize to you. It's like, you're right. not getting you're, it. You're not understanding the fact. It's like, I don't have to come to you for an apology. You need to get why this is disgusting. And the real problem here is... This constant idea that companies or major brands like SNL will push and say we're very diverse, we're very inclusive, but actually when it comes into it, their management structure and their company is not operating from that standard. So they're using diversity from a point of view that they're using it as a tool to say, look how great we are, but it's not within their company structure or else this wouldn't have been able to happen. Well, some people are saying they think SNL hired him on purpose because they wanted to appeal to like red state Trump voting uh, douchebags, well, which then, is certainly possible. Lauren Michaels is known to really liking to sort of tweak liberal sensibilities, even though he's a liberal himself. I was curious about his stand up. Like I said, I didn't know this guy. I'd never heard of him. So I watched some of his stand up this morning. It's, it's certainly not like this. It's not like, you know, blatantly offensive. It's basic. It's very basic. White guy at a comedy club. I've seen a million comics do what he does. There was one line that made me laugh out loud, which was uh, he said he's never made a woman make any kind of noise during sex. Like, he's so bad at sex. He's like, the only noise I've ever heard is when I first lie down on them and they go, oof. <laughs> that was kind of funny. But I don't see what's special about him uh, there you know like i said there's a million other white straight guy com comedians doing his act um he actually does say during that set that i watched that he did not vote for trump um but you know i, I what's shocking is that snl neither snl nor nbc has issued any kind of statement since this blew up and it's been like two or three days 
So it'll be interesting to see if they just, you know, let this happen and hope that it blows over. But uh, if I were, uh, forgive me, I just forgot his name. If I were Bowen Yang, I wouldn't work with this guy. I would, I would consider that a hostile work environment. And SNL is problematic anyway. I mean, they were very quick to jump on the bandwagon last year of saying how terrible blackface is. And yet, in the few years prior to that, they'd been doing blackface on the show. They're not known for being particularly great with uh, social commentary in that sense. I mean, you, you pick and choose certain bits. I mean, the, the Trump impersonations, uh, Alec Baldwin, it's great. It was funny. And it's, it's almost, you get little snippets that are really good and really interesting. Well, it's always been a hit or miss show. It's very, it, listen, it's very difficult to do a live sketch comedy show every week for 45 years. I, I love Saturday Night Live overall, big picture. They've, they've evolved. They've, they've done a lot of things over the years that they would now be ashamed of, just as I have said things over the years that I might be ashamed of. We all learn to get better. The fact that Shane Gillis still thinks it's okay in 2018 to use the C word and the F word shows that he, he's completely out of it. He's just not, he's out of the mainstream. Um, I want to, go ahead. There's also, there's also an idea of this like, oh, they're bringing him in to appeal to broader America. So what you're basically saying is you want to dumb down your humor. That's right. And that really frustrates me. Anything where you're, where you're saying we have to make it so that broader Americans understand, rather than trying to elevate the, through humor, you're actually trying to dumb it down. Well, in much happier news, someone who I love and who has been a guest on this show before, Marty Gould Cummings, is running for New York City Council. Yes, yes Queen! Yes, Queen! Uh, Marty, who now goes by they, I just learned, um, will be uh, running for the District 7 position in the 2021 elections. Um, I believe that's sort of upper Manhattan west side. Oh, my God. They were on the podcast I Love My Life not too long ago. Really? Yeah. And they, it was the first video podcast that they did. I didn't watch it, unfortunately. Oh. If you remember, Marty was supposed to be in studio and then wasn't. They became a phoner, but I still love them. For over a decade, Marty says, I've had the great opportunity to be a drag artist in New York City. It's been my great honor to use my platform as a performer, not only to make people laugh, but to advocate for issues that matter. Marty is already very active in politics. They serve on Community Board 9. Um, they are, I believe, the president of the Hell's Kitchen Democrats. Um, and, you know, they've always been an activist, and I think they have a really good chance of winning. By the way, Corey Johnson who is our uh, council member, speaker of the city council, uh, full disclosure, I once dated. This is not disclosure. You've told us this before. I fucked him. I, I've heard And he before. fucked me. And he is going to be the next mayor of New York City. Uh, I'm going to be, I, for, for reals, I'm going to be able to say that I fucked the mayor of New York City. Stick it in. Here, Here I, I am. am. He, he's very kind of cutesy teddy bear. You kind of want, well, to, you want to sort of smush his cheeks. He was 25 when I had him. Well, but now, now there like, was a little less wear and tear. But uh, but Corey's a wonder- politics is tough. Yes, it's, it's very very hard. But Corey's a wonderful guy, and he's been a great city council member, great council speaker, and I really am excited because if he wins, and I believe he will, not only will he be the first openly gay mayor of New York City, but the first openly HIV positive. But can we get him on the show? You're That's welcome. Can we get him on the show? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't. I wasn't the one who invited. Oh boy, that was dark. Okay. 
harsh. Uh, moving I on. It was funny. And I Thank you, JB, for moment. laughing at my dark HIV humor. Um, okay, moving on. Another outspoken drag queen. Speaking of Marty Goldcomings, there's a drag queen in LA who I was unfamiliar with heretofore, and. His, her name is Johnny Reinhardt. I love this story, by the way. This is my favorite story of the week. So Johnny Reinhardt works at a Los Angeles gay bar called Revolver, where she hosts karaoke night. And she's doing her job last week. And who walks into the bar but former Congressman Aaron Schock? Do you know who that is, Simon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about Aaron Schock many times on the show. For the listeners who may, not, uh, who may forget, Aaron Schock is the closeted former Republican congressman from Illinois who had a solid anti-gay r- voting record when he was in office, uh, voted for the, uh, um, the constitutional amendment that would ban LGBTQ marriage, just an absolute shithead, was, was kicked out of office because he used... Uh, uh, campaign money to decorate his office to look like Downton Abbey. And that's excellent taste there, obviously. Good taste However. as a gay. Um, and was always deeply closeted, but, you know, posing shirtless and, you know, always showing pictures of himself working out, was basically outed. He basically outed himself by showing up at Coachella. I believe it was Coachella, mm-hmm. making out with yes, another yes, dude, put his hand down the dude's pants. Anyway, he still hasn't made any statement, still hasn't come out. Um, there was some word that he might run again. We don't know. But anyway, he walks into this bar, and Johnny Reinhardt is not having it. And she handled it in the best possible way. I really applaud this person. Take a listen. This is Johnny Reinhardt themself uh, describing what happened. There a message through song. Uh, so I went on stage, and I announced, this song goes out to somebody who's in the audience, and it goes out to anybody who votes against gay rights. And I sang Fuck You by Lily Allen, which was, you know, not a very subtle message, but uh, I just thought it left it a little bit vague and I figured he would get the message and I actually just thought that he would leave, Um, but he didn't. Uh, And then uh, a friend of his approached me and started kind of talking to me and and, uh, creating a dialogue and I decided that I should just talk to uh, Aaron directly. Keep in mind, my blood was boiling, my heart was pounding. I was like, how am I gonna talk to this person? Um, But I did, so I went up and I I shook his hand and I explained to him why I was upset that he was there, why other people were upset that he was there. And I basically told him that he wasn't gonna be welcomed in gay spaces until he began the process of apologizing Mm -hmm. and healing the harm that his actions have caused. I wish I could play the whole clip for you. You can go on Johnny Reinhardt's Facebook page and listen to it, but they got into a really serious discussion and Aaron basically told her, told them, um, that his family had a terrible uh, reaction to his coming out and he's had a really tough time negotiating it and he does plan to make a statement at some point. And Johnny was like, listen, I had a really hard time coming out too. I was 13 and I was outed to my family and I went through hell. However, that does not excuse you for having a a viciously anti-gay voting record for voting against basic civil rights for queer people. Like you could have been in the closet and still voted like a decent human being and still acted with integrity and you didn't. And I just think the fact that like, cause most of us would just be like, go fuck yourself, get out Aaron Schock. And she basically, she did that by playing the song, but then had a real dialogue and shook hands and like, 
who knows, maybe really uh, shifted something in his mind. If, if he has a soul, Johnny Reinhardt may have touched it. I mean, it's a, it's a lot to unpack. The, the agency you need to come out to yourself and in a community is really one thing. But the, and the self-loathing he's obviously experienced that's pushed those politics is appalling. Just because then you decide to come out or you get to know yourself, you don't then get a free pass for all of your vile behavior before and the sheer damage you've done to the queer community. And the extra hurt you've added on there just because you could not be honest or you could not face the truth because the fact is the rest of us who have had to do it we've all done it right we've come we all had we all had to struggle with our sexuality and we all had to struggle with coming out i don't recall gay bashing anyone no exactly but we know the most virulent homophobes are usually the ones who are deepest in the closet so great for him he's finding that path and coming out and that's wonderful but you will need to make amends Yes. They're, they're, you need to actively go the other way and just say you were wrong and you were wrong because of your own self-loathing. And when you're at that point, you can also then go, you see that homophobe over there? I was that homophobe. So watch out for what they're saying because right. the chances are they're doing it because of a problem in themselves. Right. And in the meantime, before you do that, you don't get to enjoy the privileges of being an out gay man. You don't get to come to Johnny Reinhardt's karaoke show and drink with your friends and have a great time. You haven't earned that. The rest of us can do that because we fucking went through it. We struggled and we, to- and we spoke our truth and we didn't hide in a closet and, and make life shitty for other LGBTQ people. See, this is another person who needs to be canceled. Canceled from everything. I don't understand why all these white people would cancel all these colored people, but there's white people in our own community, him and this other fucker, I forgot his name. Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis needs to be canceled. Why can't we see that? Why are we always attacking? Well, I think we all agree. I'm sorry. I mean, these the white people in this room agree. No, JB, you're allowed to speak. Turn your, turn your mic on. I'm just angry and frustrated because someone like, okay, I know, I know how you feel about Dave Chappelle, but I find Dave Chappelle funny and he's a comedian. He I think he's hard. a brilliant comedian. But he also stands for our community and he makes mm. jokes about it. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Not as badly as a person who goes, because I know black people who go against community who don't stand for it, but he actually talks to us, is my point of view. And he understands, not fully, not fully. He's trying. He's trying to understand, and I have to give him credit for that. Are you but getting emotional? I am. I really am. Because it just is really really frustrating because as a black man I try try so hard to come on top of the world and there's always someone bringing me down yeah but then these white people who just get away with fucking murder just walk around scot-free yeah I mean there's a lot of shit coming at you every day that that those of us who are not people of color do we can't even understand what that pressure is like it's just frustrating to see people like Aaron shot and the other faggot just get off <laughs> It, it really is because it just makes me feel like there's no justice in the world. There, there really isn't because if there was something, something would have happened to these people. Well, Shock was Chuck did lose his office. No, no, not. And and people, I think the reason we do these stories, JB, is I try to 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 show when someone is doing something like this. Johnny Reinhardt, this queen could have just done her act and ignored Aaron Shock and taken the easy way out or just said to the bouncer like hey throw him out but instead she really stood up and was courageous and spoke on behalf of our whole community and maybe made a difference uh, so I, I know what you're saying and, and believe me I you know watching the news every day 
is the most depressing fucking thing because I just cannot believe where we are as a nation and how far back we've fallen. It's like all progress from the last 50 years has just been erased under this president. But you gotta, you gotta stay hopeful and you gotta look for the people who really are trying to do the right thing and trying to be allies and trying to make a difference. Don't you think? Logically, you make sense. Right now, I just feel so much hatred. You're feeling it. Yeah, yeah. It, like, I, I wanted, I'm proud for what she did, but I wanted her to also kick her the fuck out. Like, you cannot be here. You cannot hang out in this safe space for gay people if you do not respect our rules. She basically did that. She basically did that. I think the fact that he stayed for the conversation with her is actually a good thing. But we'll see. Time will tell whether it has any impact on him. Um, sure. I, I, don't, I hate to move on when you're no, feeling this fine. fragile. It's, it's okay. All right. You okay? I love you. All right, baby. Um, I want to talk about Jerry Falwell Jr. Because his world is falling apart. Speaking of, uh, of people finally being, uh, being exposed and being brought to some kind of justice, Politico, which is one of my favorite websites, they did a really in-depth expose of Jerry Falwell Jr. and Liberty University. I got to give it up to this reporter, Brandon Ambrosino. Um, this is a 17-page article. And we've been talking about Falwell Jr. because there's like a gay angle to this. He, he has given millions of dollars first to this young, hot personal trainer. And, and before that, uh, this pool boy that he and his wife met at a resort. Still jealous of them. Yes, <laughs> as am I. Still so there's some suggestion that there's something going on. Either he l- likes watching his wife get fucked by hot young studs or they have three ways or whoever, whatever it is. But what this article is about, it, it mentions the sexual stuff, but it also mentions it's really exposing how corrupt he is and how he runs Liberty University like his own piggy bank. Uh, based on scores of new interviews and documents c- obtained for the article, concerns about Falwell's behavior are causing longtime loyal Liberty University officials to rapidly lose faith in him. More than two dozen current and former high-ranking university officials and close associates of Spallwell spoke to this reporter, opening up for the first time about what they've experienced and why they don't think he's the right man to lead Liberty University. I can't go into too much detail. I urge you to read the article. What he's done, it's certainly amoral and unethical, but it's probably illegal because this is a nonprofit university because they're all Christians. And we know that, you know, all religion has to be nonprofit because it's about God and Jesus and et cetera. But <clears throat> what he's used it as is basically a funnel for giving his friends and possibly lovers millions of dollars uh, for reasons that remain mysterious. The other thing is this article uh, included pictures of Falwell and his wife and kid at a Miami nightclub a couple of years back. Now, as a, as a member, as a student at Liberty University, you are not allowed to go to a nightclub. You are not supposed to go where people are drinking and fornicating and having drugs and where there's that kind of music playing. And they're all holding drinks in their hand. So at first, Falwell said, well, if I'm in any of those pictures, it's been photoshopped. Then the photographer came forward and was like, bitch, I have the receipts. He's like, I am the nightlife photographer for this for Miami and I keep every single picture. I didn't even know you were in these pictures. When they showed up in political, I was surprised as you were. Somehow uh, they went through thousands of pictures and someone spotted Falwell there, or I guess they had 
been tipped off that he had been there on a particular night. And so he showed all of the originals and, and proved that they had not been doctored. And now Falwell is saying, well, if I was there, I was only there for like 20 minutes and then I left. So shit is going down. Um, there is more to come. And I would just like to remind everyone that Jerry Falwell Jr. was the first major evangelical Christian to come forward and endorse Trump for president. He's the one that made it okay for all the other right-wing evangelical assholes to embrace this, this candidate and this president. So if and when he falls hard, it's going to be a really good thing. And isn't it that straight away you go, oh, good, another religious hypocrite. Oh, yeah. Straight away it's in there going, you, you're believing in your imaginary friend and you're creating all these rules that everyone else has to follow and then you don't follow them yourself and you can't even lie cleverly. Exactly. Like, I wasn't in the nightclub, but you know you were. So it's just this pathological lying aspect. The other, the other thing is the article mentions that uh, he's constantly bragging about his sex life to his associates at Liberty University. He talks about how his dick is so big that his wife can't handle it. And this is like an ultra-religious, you know, Christian university. They're like, we don't want to hear about your dick, dude. And we all know that means it's very, very small. It's tiny. It's tiny. Right, because people who actually have big dicks, like Simon, <laughs> never <laughs> talk about it. No, uh, floor length. Absolutely The first length. rule of Big Dick Club yes. is don't talk about Big Dick Club. <laughs> I just hit the horse neighing, but the sound's down. Okay, uh, real quick... <laughs> There we go. Delayed. Real quick, we're going to do a cocktails and cock talk story, which is something we haven't done in a while. Hit it, JB. Super excited. Hit the bumper, JB. And now, time for another stupid story from cocktails and cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. Cocktails and cock talk are uh, introducing the first ever guy braider. It's a male sex toy. Uh, that sound you hear is Simon trying it out. It, it's a male sex toy, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't go in your ass like most male sex toys. It actually fits around your penis, and it's supposed to be so intense that it will give you a mind-blowing, hands-free orgasm. How's it feel, Simon? It's delightful. It sounds like something straight men would use because they're too afraid to go near their bum hole. Well, there is that, but I am dying to try this. I mean, I you know they have they've had those flashlights for a while, which is basically like you're fucking a flashlight. Yeah. Um, Listen, I dated, listeners, if you can find one, try it and then send it used to Adam. He'd probably really appreciate. I it. I mean, I'll run it through the dishwasher first. I'm not that big a pig. <laughs> I, I was dating this guy once who had this weird sex toy for your dick that looked kind of like a sea anemone. It was like rubber and it had little fingers all over it and he would lube it up and as he was fucking me, he would be using that thing on my dick and I gotta tell you, that was pretty fucking good. Um, but this thing, you just, no one has to use it for you. It just goes on you. Um, but here's the catch. It's called the Pulse 3 Solo and it's $120 on Amazon. Or if you want the Pulse 3 Duo, I don't know what the, maybe that comes with an ASP gadget that's $160 so this is you have to be a serious I mean if the think how much use you'd get out of it I mean if you split this over how many times you're going to use it per week per day per month I mean it's a bargain there are five different settings and um, I, you know if listen listeners if somebody wants to purchase a guy braider and send it to me here at the studio I promise this I will demonstrate it live on the air 
We will see. Is, do you think this will be allowed? There's a rule of no penises out oh, in the studio. God damn it. Because we have Matthew Camp here. If we allow you penises, he's going to think, oh, I could film here. And no. he should. No. Matthew Camp's penis should be out at all times. Who's cleaning that? The way around this is the kilt. Then you can have it there, but no one needs to see the it. Kilt. It's like a, a, a gentle <laughs> cover. Simon will loan me one of his kilts. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. So that is uh, that's what's going on with the guy braider. Um, I'm a little concerned that our guest is not here yet. You scared oh, yeah, him I off. checked outside and I didn't see anything. He hasn't texted me or anything. All right, we're just going to keep going. I still have a few more stories, which is good. So uh, we talk about Pride every week, and we're about to do our Pride update. But first, uh, I need to tell you that thousands of people took part in the first ever Sarajevo Pride. Um, and once again, in these Eastern European countries, that is a very risky thing because there's really far-right extremists that will kill you for being gay. Uh, but, but this came off very successfully. Uh, it, the this capital of Bosnia and Herzegovina is Sarajevo. Um, this happened uh, early September, so a couple weeks ago. Um, the, mar- the march's theme was Ima Izak which translates to coming out. Um, They had thought that there would be about 500 people showing up to march, but there were actually 2,000. And then 1,000 police officers flanking them to prevent potential violence. It's kind of nice when you have a one-to-two ratio of police officer to demonstrator uh, if they're there to protect you and not to hurt you. Um, So congratulations to Sarajevo. And, you know, once again, the people who march in these countries where you will literally be killed for being gay, they are heroes. I think it's that reminder that sometimes, especially in a city like New York, even with everything that's going on politically, we can feel slightly safer in a bubble and realize everything we do to promote uh, LGBTQ causes has a worldwide effect. Everything that we can do that's positive can encourage and inspire people, especially now we have so much access to technology and globalization. We, we can inspire people where they are and they know they're not alone in the world. And it has an effect that people can do things like this and come together. Absolutely. And particularly right now, when we do have such a, a right-wing president, a repressive president, and so many other countries around the world, including Eastern Europe, have these, these right-wing strongmen, um, it's more important than ever that people come out. Oh, I hear some noise. Let's do our weekly... Oh, you want to do that? Let's do our weekly Pride update. Hit it, JB. <laughs> JB's a little off today. He's been very emotional, but we still love him. Uh, so as Ann Steele sings Love Will Take Us There, let's celebrate Pride. September 28th is Mid-South Pride down in Memphis, Tennessee. I was there once, but only for about 12 hours. Uh, and then the same day, it's North Carolina Pride in Raleigh. I think I said Raleigh last week, and, and I believe it's pronounced Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina. And that is it. September is a slow month for Pride, but Pride season picks up again in earnest in October. That was a very abrupt uh, end to the song. <laughs> JB, are you all right, honey? Did you uh, did you smoke extra this morning or did you not smoke enough? Which is it? I, I didn't smoke at all today. That's what it is. You, you didn't take your medicine, honey. Also, I think my mic, my level went down a little bit. Hello. There we go. So this is when we would be interviewing Justin Oatley. And um, oh, wait, this just in. I just got a direct message. <laughs> uh, it only ever happens on live shows. Oh my God, that's true. <laughs> okay. Well, we've done every story now. <laughs> well, that's good. So, so what Simon. should we chat about now? 
I mean, what's weird is normally if the guest is late, they'll be like frantically texting me or, or I am DMing me like, hey, you know, I'm on my way. I'm stuck on the subway, but nothing. Maybe he's stuck on the subway. <clears throat> Maybe you're not getting the text. Tis possible. Tis possible. Uh, Would you like you, me what, to read what something are you showing in me? an English accent? We, our friend Jeff is here and he's showing Simon something on his phone. Is it a dick pic? What is it? Um, oh, yeah. No, it's... I mean, Jeff is updating us on the Pulse 3 solo. Oh, please do tell. It's out of stock. I bet it's it is. It's already so popular. Jeff has ordered the last one already. Did you order it? Of course he has, um, which is ra- rather upsetting because Jeff, Jeff who's here is our neighbor. He's fondly known to all my family as friends as Jeff Upstairs. Yeah, because he lives upstairs from Simon he Paul. He's like the Kramer upstairs. of your building. Pretty much, yes. We love <laughs> he's him. better looking than Kramer Absolutely. and not racist like he's, Kramer. He's gorgeous and available. All right, so. now I think my level's too high. I'm sorry to drive you crazy. Just a touchdown. There we go. Because it's in that sweet spot. There we go. So, Simon, uh, while we wait for Justin Utley, why don't you tell us your coming out story? I don't actually know this. No. I don't want to talk about You don't want to talk about it? Let's talk about Brexit. That would be really fun instead. We're not talking about fucking Brexit. I try to stay Um, away from politics on this. You know, what I I will tell you about is um, in sort of preemptive, just with Justin coming in, uh, Justin is, uh, was brought up Mormon. Yes. um, Listening to his music and things, it's been very interesting because I was brought up uh, in the Baptist church in the UK. So I had a a sort of... It's kind of unusual, right? uh, Um... It, it's it's just another it's it's uh, just another denomination. If, but but aren't most people Church of England? Uh, you you get a whole mix. You get the Methodists, the Baptists, uh, Calvinists, all of them. I mean, Church of England is the main one, and Catholicism. Uh, it's uh, Baptist Church in the UK is not necessarily as charismatic, or as we used to say, light bulb changing. Um, but certainly during my teenage years, I went to a lot of these kind of like Christian rock festivals and things. And so I feel like listening to um, sort of listening to Justin's music and hearing and reading up on his experiences and things sort of touched a nerve with me and just of that kind of background and that kind of sense of being brought up and trapped in a religion. I mean, I was very fortunate. I never went through any gay conversion therapy or anything like that. And he did. And he did. And For two years. And that, I mean, that's horrific. I mean, that's abuse. It's nothing else to say about it. It's it's abuse. But it's just interesting sort of and I'm actually really looking forward to meeting him and hearing about his more about his experiences. Because his music's great, it's very enjoyable um to listen to and especially about that. Um but just that weight of being a gay teen in the church, no matter where you are, and this constant idea of being wrong. Yeah. I mean, listen, I bitch about my upbringing and my parents, um, but I don't, nothing that happened to me compares to what happened to Justin or mm-hmm. what happens to some people. There was never any suggestion that I go to conversion therapy. My mother did send me to a therapist when I came out, um, a family therapist who, with whom I had one session and who basically told her, Adam's not depressed. He's not mentally ill. He's just gay. And you're going to have to deal with it. Which, you know, thank God for him and Absolutely. thank God for, for good therapists who, who are reasonable and smart that way. But, um, but even I, God, I was tortured internally um, about this deep, dark secret that I couldn't even admit to myself. I admitted that I wanted to have sex with boys years before I admitted that I was gay. Uh-huh. I didn't think those two had any relationship. Gay to me was such an identity and such a stigma 
and like it was the other mm-hmm. you know i didn't know anyone who was gay the only gay people i ever heard about were famous people dying of aids like rock mm-hmm. hudson or liberace that was my only touchstone yeah um or all, all, all the um, the camp, um, so Mr. Humphreys from Are You Being Served, stereotypes. Paul Wind from, yeah. from uh, Hollywood Squares. But even he wasn't out. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you, kn- you knew there was a connection and a familiarity. But there's also a fear in a way that you don't want to be that sort of ostracized and isolated yeah. as a character. Um, I well, wonder if kids today know how good they have it. Not that it's easy for everyone and not that all the problems have been solved, but... My God, when you think about where our, the, the gay men who came of age in, in the 40s and 50s and 60s went through versus those of us who came of age in the 70s and 80s versus, the, you know, it's like each generation has a very different experience. I think so. But it's also, it's cyclical in a way. And also you cannot understand what someone's been through until you're looking back at it through the eyes of history. And literally this... Get closer to the mic. Sorry, this, this current presidency and everything that the vile and bitch, the, the vitriol and bile it's brought up. Um, will have an effect on every young gay person growing up in middle America. It's, it's, the battles are no, nowhere near won, or the experiences are nowhere near. It's still going to be just as horrific. And the truth is, being a gay person, a queer person coming out, is in yourself, the first thing you realize is you are different from everyone else. And the gut instinct is to hide it. Yeah. And so, in, I don't know if uh, Pete Buzich, but, um I could never say his name. Uh, Pete Pete that's him. And um, after the uh, after the, um, the debate the other day, his husband posted that gay people are coming out all the time every day, uh, and that's what his husband had just done at the end of that debate. And it's true. And I feel it myself. Even though I'm an out gay man, I'm married to a man. It's all legal. Everyone knows that I'm gay. It still has a feeling that you are coming out every time. Right. Because it's inbuilt in yourself to do that. And every generation coming through, no matter how accepted it is, you still have to come to terms with that in yourself. But I also think that there's this thing happening now. I've been watching the show Euphoria on HBO, which at first I hated and now I love. Um, it takes me a while. It takes you a while to okay. like shows. Yeah, I I don't, I'm, I'm very, my, I'm very like, <laughs> I make snap judgments too early. But that are you, wrong. You, the same yes. season. Euphoria stars Zendaya. And uh, has a really talented cast of young people. And it's about a bunch of high school students. Have you watched it, no. Simon? It's very, very sexual. Mm-hmm. It's the most graphic sex I've ever seen, period, in any TV series. A lot of penises. And I'm not complaining. A lot of full <laughs> frontal, a lot of full-on fucking... I mean, it's not porn, but it's just... Cr- you said this is set in a high school. Yes, these so are these high are school students. These are very young students. penises. Uh, well, the, you need to be the, careful with the, actors the actors are, are like in their twenties. Yeah. Oh, in the, all in, in the true teenagers. American way, yes. of, this is my thirty-year-old. Correct, and they most of them look like they're in their twenties too. Oh. But but anyway, what's interesting to me about the show is they don't really use labels. Some of the characters sleep with men. Um, some of uh, some sleep with women. Some sleep with both. There's a there's a trans character who's played by this incredible actress named Hunter Schaefer. I hope I'm getting uh-huh. that right, Hunter. They've never used the word trans on the show. And the entire first episode, I didn't even know that, it, that, that they were a trans character until the very end. Um, the younger generation isn't hung up on labels and I, the way that we are. To me, you're either gay or you're straight. Like, this is how I was brought up. You're either, you know, you're, you're transsexual, as we used to call it, 
or you're not. We didn't even have the word cisgender. Um, everything now is very is becoming very fluid and very non-binary. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you're like a high school boy nowadays, you might have a girlfriend and then have a boyfriend and then have a girlfriend again. And no one thinks it's weird. No one raises an eyebrow. I think there's an idealism that that's a potential of where society can go. I think in reality, in a lot of places, we're still very far away from that. Certainly, it's not everywhere. But what I'm saying, <clears throat> and, I'm, it, and I see this in my nieces and nephews too, they really they don't they're not hung up on these rigid identity labels mm-hmm. the way that everyone has been up until now. Mm-hmm. They're they can understand someone sleeping with someone of the same sex without it necessarily changing their identity or who they are or what they are. I think it's very exciting to have that spectrum open up. Yeah, you don't it's exciting to, for me. You don't have to be in that pigeonhole. I'm waiting for a straight guy to be like, I'm not gay, but I'm in love with you, dude. Oh, Suck good, it. Good luck with that. Suck yeah. me dick. <laughs> That's my... No, honestly, I don't, I don't have any fantasies about being with a straight guy because that would be a really, really difficult relationship. It's hard enough being in a relationship with a gay guy. How's that going? I don't have anyone right now. Um, <laughs> the, the full ring guy. I did date a number of times this summer, like more than usual for me. <clears throat> but I have to tell you, it's very frustrating right now because almost every single friend of mine is now in a serious relationship. Oh. I have this friend, Amy... I don't think she'll mind my saying this on the air. She's my oldest friend. We're the same age. Uh, I've known her since we were toddlers. Our, our parents knew each other. And I just adore her. But the two of us have always been unmarried. And it was always like in my mind that no matter what happens, Amy won't get married before I do. Like I'll always, she'll be like the one single friend I can depend on. Well, guess who's getting married on November 23rd? Hurrah for Amy. I know. And I'm thrilled for her. And I... <laughs> No, it's not sad. I love that. I love. No, Noah. it's sad for you, Adam. Her That's fiance Noah is such a great guy, and I love that she found someone um, at any time in her life. It just happened to be now that she wants to to be with, and that wants to be with her. No. And I also get to perform the ceremony. No, oh. she can't marry him. She's supposed to be your single best friend for life. Like that. That's supposed to be. That's supposed to be your friend that you marry when you reach a certain point. Like I need to marry someone. I know hey. we were going to get married at fifty, yeah, but like, uh, the fuck? she broke the promise. Exactly, <laughs> and good for her. Lucky escape. But you know what happens because uh, because everyone's in a couple right now. They do stuff with other couples. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, Jeff gets to tag along with you and Paul a lot of the time, but most single people uh you hang out with other single people and most couples hang out with other couples it just works out that way and and when i've been in a relationship i'm the same way you know it's like oh we're not we're not gonna invite one person for dinner we're gonna invite this couple for dinner and then there'll be four of us and it'll be lovely so i'm i feel like i'm getting shut out you do end up dating couples and you try them out and see will there be a Mm. fit and because it is like it's a dynamic of trying to make it fit and work (sighs) First of all, not quite like that. First of all, other couples are gross. Okay, I can barely handle my old relationship. I can't deal with other couples' drama because when you get too close, they think that you confide in them, and then when their relationship breaks up, you're like, "Oh, we we're not friends anymore because you two are over. We mm-hmm. can't be friends." You have to pick friend. one or the other. Yeah, uh, you know it's interesting. I had um, I had friends back in the UK, and they were a straight couple, um, and. The girl was someone I'd, I'd done a couple of shows with, and we were very close friends. And she was in a long-term relationship with a guy. Uh, they broke up, but I'd become friends with him as well. And my my attitude is, I'm, I'm very upset that your relationship's not working, but I'm not just going to drop someone 
because you're no longer dating them. That's still, I've still built up that friendship. And it really does create a rift. Well, you're a nice person then. Uh, on some levels, I guess. I don't know. So here's what we're going to do now. Um, I really do think something happened to Justin. I mean, I, I hope he's okay. But wherever he is, he's not getting messages. He's not, you know, you can see if the message has been seen and it hasn't been. So I think he really might be stuck underground. I'd like to play a little bit from his new album uh, called Scars. This uh, first song, I believe, is called I'm Already Down. Take a listen. Sorry, JB, I just sprung this on you. Take a listen. What's going on, JB? We'll play any song, as long as it's him. I don't think that's even him. Do you want to play This Is The End instead? <laughs> this is the worst show we've ever had. <laughs> Turn it up. So there you go. That's This Is The End from Justin Utley's new album, Scars, which is available for download everywhere. He will be performing tonight at the Triad Theater, Simon, uh, assuming he's okay and can still perform. <laughs> Simon and I will be uh, attending. Absolutely. And uh, I really am surprised about this one not showing up. Uh, he's not a lesbian, and he's not a straight guy. And we know from experience that those are the two classifications of people that often miss the interview. He's a gay man. He approached me about being on the show after I like hounded him for two years ah. um, and he was excited about it and he sent me music and we went back and forth in email and I mean there was no question he was going to be here so I'm kind of disappointed because I just realized the name Justin Ellie he was on Derek and Romain last night yes and I did prep for him so the fuck how did it go on Derek and Romain was he a good oh, interview I did listen to the show <laughs> <laughs> did he realize there were two separate shows Yes, because okay. he actually asked me, is it okay that I'm going on their show? And I said, uh, yeah, especially because you're doing their show first, which is the way it should be. Maybe they kidnapped uh, um, him. Maybe they loved him so I much. I mean, Derek might have taken him home and locked him in a closet. He's really fucking sexy. Yeah, he's I'm, also quite big and strong, though. I mean, that would be mm, a lot to pin down. Well, I, I would need help, for sure. You and Jeff could, uh, you and Jeff and JB could, could hold him down while I... Uh, Take a limit. While I mount him. Right, he, good to know. We met like 10 years ago at, I think it was in Central Park when they used to have the Pride Rally in the park. And I did a little bit of stand-up to a crowd that was completely silent. And um, another success. <laughs> it's on YouTube. You can watch this clip of me literally doing stand up to an audience that is just staring at me. <laughs> and uh, and Justin sang, and I went over and talked to him, and we just have become Facebook friends. And I was really hoping to become Mrs. Justin Utley. I'm going to confess to you the whole my whole plan today was to win him over. Um, and since he's not here, I, I guess we're going to play Ask Me No Questions with Simon. Oh, good. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. Now, most of these were written uh, for Justin, so there's a lot about Mormonism. Uh, excellent. Okay. Uh, um, what is your current relationship status, and do I still have a chance to be Mrs. Justin Utley? My relationship status is that I am married. You still have a chance to be Mrs. Justin Utley. Oh, thank God. Who is your favorite Mormon? 
I have such an answer for this. There isn't such a thing. Yes, there is. No. The lead singer of Imagine Dragons, Dan Reynolds, is an outspoken LGBTQ yeah. ally, still in the Mormon church, straight, but like really fights for us. our rights However, everywhere. However, if anyone has tickets for Book of Mormon, I would like to see it. I haven't seen it Oh, it's it hilarious. It's like very it. funny. So, so feel free to send me free tickets. This you can answer as you, Simon. If your penis were a Monopoly piece, which piece would it be? Uh, I, I'm English, so I'm going to say the top hat. I, I was just thinking it would be the top hat for you. I was also thinking the top hat. You <laughs> know, <laughs> mine would be the thimble. <laughs> But what's interesting is the thimble is one of the larger pieces. It, it should be tiny, but it's bigger than the top hat. And we all know that's not accurate. And, and the dog is scarily out of proportion. Yeah, the dog, they're horrible pieces. They're really badly designed. Uh, describe, <laughs> this, what's going on? Uh, describe your creepiest fan experience. <laughs> Do you, have you ever had a fan, Simon? I have never You had, will after this. I've never, however, I did once go on a date with someone who invited me to dinner at their house and it turned out they had their own Catholic chapel in the basement. So I think that was possibly the scariest thing. Okay. Um, let's see. What's a lie that you tell all the time? I can't tell you that. People wouldn't know. Yes, you can. You look great, Adam. Oh, shade. That is shade. Shade. <laughs> I don't appreciate that at all, Simon. You love it. You're grinning. No, what's a, what's a, you know, like a white lie or, or a, um, you know, a lot of times it's when people ask you how you are and you say, I'm fine. Like, you're not fine. Yeah, because, oh, that's I mean, my line. because nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, I'll tell them the truth. I'm like, ugh, where do I start? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think, I think that's why I'm the, single. The, the, main, the main lie is constantly my husband's like, what did you have to eat and work today? I'm like, oh, I can't remember. It was very healthy. But that's a lie. Usually. See, that's a good answer. Usually. So what's the unhealthy thing that you're eating at work? All of it. <laughs> Do you have free snacks in your office? We have catered breakfast and lunch oh and, my God. and snacks. I would and be as big as a house. I am as big as a house. No. Not true. Okay, again, this was designed for Justin. I don't know if you'll know all three of these people. But F, marry, kill. You have to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Brandon Yuri, uh, Brandon Henry Rollins, Justin Bieber. I don't know. Aside from Justin Bieber, who clearly should be killed, I don't know the other. So well, the correct answer is fuck Henry Rollins or let him fuck you because mm -hmm. he's fucking hot daddy. Right. Marry Brandon Urie and kill Justin Bieber. What's been the most exciting night of your life so far? Probably the, the night I got married. Oh, lovely answer. Simon, do you want people to follow you on social media? Not at all. Okay. JB, people can follow him on Instagram, StockingAnarchy12. Follow me at Adam Sank. I want to thank our guest today, Justin Utley, uh, who's been super. fascinating. I Really, I've never been so disappointed, but we'll see him tonight at the concert and find out what happened. Simon and I will be back two weeks from now with the legendary Michael Musto. But next Saturday, tune in for one of the lost Ass tapes. These are the early episodes Ooh. that were never available on on the internet until now, and this one is going to be episode two with Frank DeCaro. It was a great episode. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download my comedy albums. Uh, as I said, follow me on Twitter and Insta. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Donate to the Keep JB on the Ass Fund at adamsank.com. And uh, by the way, you guys, I will be cycling next weekend, Boston to New York, cycle for the cause, 270 miles. Pray for me. Pray for my knees. I love you guys. Have a great week, bitches. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.